Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Renting an Apartment in New York City. I am your host today, Rodolfo Delgado, and I am here with a very special guest today, an extra special guest, I would say, because we are speaking with Eleanor Meireles, who is based in Australia, in Sydney. Welcome, Eleanor. Thank you for being here with us today. Hi, Rodolfo. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited to talk about this with you. One of the reasons why today's episode is extra special is because we're going to discuss the differences between tenant rights in New York, the United States, and Sydney, Australia. Before we jump into those questions, Eleanor, I'd like you to share a little bit more about why you are the right person to speak with when it comes to tenant rights. Uh, Maybe you can share a little bit more about you and your company. Of course. So my company, Dwell Nicely, launched in November 2020, and we have an aim of making the rental market kinder, gentler, and fairer. So we did notice that the current rental process here in Australia hadn't been updated in line with modern technology. And although there are um, a few new websites or apps that are popping up, we find that most of them have been focusing on creating low-cost solutions for landlords, and there hasn't really been a focus on improving the situation for tenants at all. So our aim was to create a community where tenants could go and feel safe to ask questions around their rights and obligations, and we would be able to provide them with that information. So we did team up with a couple of other small businesses here in Australia to do that um, and make sure that we're providing current and correct information. And I'm also studying for my real estate qualification. Oh, that's awesome. And, And previously, you've mentioned before that you have a background in finance. Is that correct? Yes. So I worked in finance for 11 years and then I moved to hospitality. After that, I've owned a couple of restaurants. So the real estate industry is pretty new to me, uh, but I am a landlord and tenant myself. Oh, wow. Okay. That's awesome, Eleanor. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, so let's let's jump right into it. And I want to start by asking you, um, what would you say is the main problem in the rental market in Australia? So we did commission some research to to get the correct answers to this. So we used a company called Decibel Research and we went Australia-wide to survey tenants and landlords. There were some clear problems with these problems um, and they generally come down to a mistrust between the landlord, the tenant and the agent. So one of the big reasons that we found for this is that there's no recourse for issues not being fixed. Uh, 44% of the people we had polled said they'd had maintenance problems with a necessity, such as like water, electricity, plumbing, something like that. And the majority of those people, about 65%, said they were really unhappy with the response time to those issues. And 3% of those people said that those issues were never fixed at all. So we're talking about necessities here like hot water, heating, aircon. Obviously, it gets pretty hot here in Australia sometimes. Um, and to have 3%, it may sound like a low figure, but if you consider that one third of Australians are renters, it's about 2.6 million people. So 3% is 78,000 people that have had issues with a necessity that just have not been fixed at all. So my co-founder, Leanne Peters, um, we've been friends for about 10 years, but she was the perfect person for me to embark on this journey with because I knew that she had spent six months without a working toilet. And she was pregnant for this whole time. So for the whole six months, she had no working toilet in her rental property. 
And I think all mums will feel the pain of not having a working toilet when you're pregnant. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like every single person felt that, but especially of course, as a, as a, as a pregnant person, you know, it's, it's, it's especially, uh, oh my God, isn't that super, like, are there laws to protect the renter in, in these instances? It's just, it's, it's, it's a lot to think about. How, how do you survive that? I mean, absolutely. Ten uh, properties are supposed to meet minimum standards, um, but she mm-hmm. was she was emailing the agent, calling the agent, getting no response. Um, in the end, she ended up moving out of the apartment. That's the, that's the only way she could fix the problem. It's mind blowing. Wow. But, you know. <laughs> It's uh, well. I mean, the toilet is just it's a basic necessity. And 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 let me ask you this, Eleanor: Had your your company now dwell nicely? Um, had your company existed back then, how would it have been able to help her out? Or made so, a difference? So we 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 found that a lot of issues that don't get fixed are because of the non-responsiveness of agents. So dwell nicely mm-hmm. actually allows landlords to connect directly with tenants. So right there, you're taking up the middleman and you know disallowing messages to go missing between them. Um, we also allow tenants to raise maintenance requests within the app, and then they are in control of when that maintenance request gets shut down. Um, so, so that way, um, you know, the the tenant can really control when they're satisfactorily, um, you know, satisfied with the outcome of the issue. And the other thing that we do is we've embedded rating and ratings and reviews, a little bit like Airbnb, which you're probably familiar with. So if yes. the landlord chooses to ignore the request, that's going to negatively affect his rating, and then future tenants are going to see that. Wow. So, so more than focusing on the fact that you're going to, or, or, or that Dwell Nicely is trying to eliminate the middleman, um, would you describe before that your company as being a, a like a property management company that allows you know to submit a request if you're the tenant that your toilet is not working to the landlord, uh, and they fix the issue and they can like classify it as done on the app? Is that how it works? I wouldn't classify it so much as a property management app. Um, it just facilitates the process. So the landlord, mm-hmm. once he receives the request, he would be responsible then for going away, finding the person to fix it, sending them around and organizing all of that. Um, but it facilitates the process and it really guides the landlord through what they need to do to meet their obligations. Okay, that's awesome. And and does does Dwell City promote any kind of properties or listings through their through their platform via you know the app or the website? Yeah, so landlords list their properties through the app. So we have a database of properties, and then we have a database of tenants. And then we we've utilized the old left right swipe function, a little bit like your dating apps. So you okay. as a tenant would set up a profile, and you'd be presented with properties that match your specifications and you'd swipe right for yes and left for no. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's, it's an easy, easy, um, yeah, easy infrastructure to work with. I'm assuming most people have, have at one point in their lives, either seen somebody use a dating app or use them themselves. So, um, Eleanor, tell me a little bit more about the rental process and, and how it goes down in, in Australia. Like what are the requirements to rent uh, an apartment there? Is it easy? Is it easy to get accepted? Oh, no, not at all. It's a very rigorous process that you have to go through. So you would have to attend a viewing. So firstly, you would usually go online um, to to look for apartments. Um, 
the apartments that you like would usually have a viewing time and date listed. These are usually done midweek in the morning. Um, and it's really best if you are able to attend these ones, because if you wait until the Saturday viewings, you'll have hundreds, sometimes thousands of other people. And these viewing blocks are about 15 minutes long. So you can literally be in and out fighting <laughs> to get a look, to get a good look around. Um, I'm from the UK. That's not how we do it there. In the UK, you oh would contact the agent, create a time. The agent would show you around. I'm not sure how it works um, in New York, but I was taken aback by yeah. one mass process they have here. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, we do have open houses here in New York. I have never been to an open house with thousands of people, but um, I mean, more and more people have been adapting technology as well. So now, now. Honestly, within the past couple of years, I feel like everybody has been renting their apartment through like FaceTime or video tours, you know, sending a link with the video, like 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 what we offer at Replay Listings. That's that's a that's a a good way to get an apartment, especially during times of COVID, because I cannot imagine yeah. hundreds of people, you know, just uh, the the rotation that that place gets could be um, not the safest in, in terms of, you know, virality, like of the virus and, and all that, right? Um, yeah, and, and so tell us, tell us how Dwell or what Dwell is doing to kind of ease some of the issues that you just described um, with the hardship of renting an apartment. Um, well, I mean, it, it goes beyond that. It's it's not just the mass viewings that are a problem here. The, the whole process is very archaic. You, you have to pre-print out a hard copy application, fill it out by hand, include all of your documentation, and you have to take that with you to the viewing to stand a chance of getting a rental. Um, you know, you, you can hand it in afterwards, um, send it off. But if you do that, you know, you're not going to be in with a chance. The competition here is so high. You have to have that stuff ready to go before you've even seen the apartment. Um, wow. Bear in mind, each each apartment will have a different agent. They'll have a different application form asking different questions. Um, so the amount of information that you need to amass is incredible. Um, not to mention, you know, people don't have printers nowadays. You know, it's often a pain to go and print something out. You have to go to your local news agents. And, <laughs> it's, you know, people don't have printers at home yeah. anymore. Absolutely. And and now that um, you were mentioning that, I, I'm, I'm trying to compare it to the process here in New York. And um, when I was an agent a couple of years back, it used to be the case that, and, and this is this is still the case, most landlords ask for the exact same requirements. Uh, and there's a um, there's an institution here, or, or the Real Estate Board of New York would be uh, the one who standardize uh, the application process. So for us in New York, for example, it's fairly... All the applications between one landlord and the other usually look fairly similar. You know, one can ask maybe ask of you, the renter or the potential renter, to have to make, for example, the minimum income requirement could be 40 times the rent a year. Some will ask for a little bit more, maybe 45, 50, or up to 60, we've seen. Um, but the, fair, the, the, pro, the application process is fairly um, similar across across the board. And lately, this past... <laughs> Yeah, a very standardized process. And, and lately, this past few years, we've seen a lot of landlords now even give you, the tenant, the option to apply online. It's you go to a web page, you submit the documents, and you get a yes or a no within a couple of hours. So oh, the process is great. really, 
Yeah, I mean, when you said that you have to print information and fill it by hand, it's it, it really does sound a little bit prehistoric. Um, yeah. It's so crazy. so yeah, I'm assuming that the yeah the real so estate market over there can can use that improvement from dwell nicely, huh? Yeah, so dwell nicely is really aiming to to revolutionize it, and you know not with not with complicated processes, but just allowing people to do that online. So the way that dwell works is that a tenant would um, set up a profile, they would include mm -hmm. all of their relevant documentation in that profile, and then they would use that profile as an application for all of their properties. So when they match, um, they do a right swipe. Wow. If the landlord does a right swipe on them, they would do a match and the landlord can then see they've got all of their documentation there. So they're including the same information for all their applications. But it's just- That's amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. And it seems like Dwell is actually solving a couple of issues here. Right. One includes the, the lack of transparency within that industry. Uh, the other is the simplification of the process by, by really injecting the process with the much needed technology that, that, that's that been lacking for the past couple of years. And, uh, and, and I want to go back a little bit to, to the because we were we were discussing earlier uh, the laws that prevent renters to for uh, discrimination to have any form of discrimination and um mm -hmm. i remember you mentioning that recently it was only until like recently that in australia you know you had a new law passed for, for to avoid discrimination absolutely so um one of the states here in australia there are, there are seven states here um so in victoria on the 29th of march 2021 passed a law to say that people could not be discriminated against um, in their applications. So we have a real- In, in, a, in a base of what? Like in a base of race or color or uh, Across or? A, a range, I think there's about, I think there's 11 different categories. So yeah, race, okay. um, sexual orientation. Um, so uh, single mums have often, you know, often found it hard Marital to get- status. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's a range, but that is that is one state. Um, so there are general laws across Australia, but our processes of policing that are slim to none. I think it's very reliant on people reporting instances of um, of discrimination and people just don't tend to do that. So it's, yeah, yeah we still have a way to go. That, that, yeah, when you share that with me, it was really shocking because, you know, even though that I'm here in New York seeing, you know, a lot of a lot of really laws protecting tenants. I've, I'm always naturally humans are always focused on the area of improvement, right? So we're looking at everyone that they're not protecting, and and we're saying, you know, New York has a long way to go because it was only in 2020 that the Supreme Court actually passed or ruled that the word sex, when it comes to discrimination based on you know race, gender, sex, um, and and others, sex includes sexual orientation and gender identity. So it's only until 2020 that the Supreme rule that the LGBTQ community be protected from, from discrimination uh, against housing, which is for me mind blowing. I cannot believe that, that they were not, you know, that these communities and minorities were not protected before. Um, however, I will say that in the US we do, we have had the, the Civil Rights Act of 1968. And, and in, in that Civil Rights Act, there's a very important section called Fair Housing, the Fair Housing Act, um, that has, you know, since then protected 
a lot of minorities. I'm not going to say all because not even today all minorities are protected, sadly, but a lot of minorities. Um, so I do believe that the U.S. might be a little bit more um, advanced. Is that the question in terms of implementing laws that protect minorities? That's the only way to put it, honestly, because um, sounds yeah. like it. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, at least we are taking steps in the right direction. And obviously some states are ahead of others, um, but we're moving the right direction. And of course, Absolutely. the US, um, the US does pave the way in a lot of these things with your, um, your marriage equality laws, for example. We uh, we were a little bit behind on that, but we got there eventually. <laughs> yeah, I will say that when it comes to marriage equality, I feel like almost every other country in the world is is more advanced than the US. Like Mexico has had them for years. Uh, I, I, I think that Canada as well. Um, but yes, I, I agree with you that the U.S. really is a world leader. And, and usually the laws that they implement here tend up to have a ripple effect to, yeah. to everyone else. Right. So I'm happy to learn that at least. Yeah, that, that at least we're that both countries are moving in the right direction. Right. And at least we're trying to, to get there. And um, do you think, Eleanor, that 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 this that that the. Australian government has that the laws that they implemented recently are, are enough to make the process work more fairly? I believe so. Um, so as I briefly mentioned, part of our aim is to educate tenants on their rights. Mm -hmm. And I think there's still a lot of work to do around changing the people's minds about how these things work. So I recently did a, a TikTok that was super popular, got a lot of comments but there were a lot of landlords, you know, still saying I would never rent to a single mum or I, I, I don't want to, I don't want any part of these laws. I'm, I'm selling my investment properties. So they, they can, they can, they can type it down and leave it there. Cause in the U S so if a landlord did that, they TikTok. would get in big trouble. Yeah. 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 This, this is on TikTok. I, people, people are very brave on TikTok. I find. Wow. Um, but, but I mean, it, I'll be honest with you. Even on TikTok in the US, if the account of a landlord is verified, so we know that the information that they're typing in there is coming from them or, or represented by them, and they say things like that, they would get in an incredible amount of trouble. Absolutely. Oh, really? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in here in the US, the way that, that they do it is you file a complaint to the US Department of Housing and Urban Development. And I actually tried this out, just did a little bit of due diligence before you and I spoke. I went to their website and right there is a PDF that you can press and, and, and fill the form and submit it right away. Um, it seems to be it seems to be um, working well and efficiently. I hope that's the case. I'm going to be honest. I've never been through that. But but um but yeah, at least I feel like what what needs to happen is the country needs to, it's accountability. You know, the country yeah. needs to set a department that says we're going to be um, accountable for following up with the complaints that people throw our way. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have that here. Each state has its own um, fair trading or consumer affairs um, department, and they are the ones that deal with complaints for each state. But even that is a bit of a mess. So if you were to, if you were in Victoria, for an example, um, and you had an issue with your landlord that you wanted to take them to uh, VCAT, it's called um, Victoria mm -hmm. Consumer Consumer Affairs. Um, if your landlord doesn't reside in VCAT in Victoria, 
then they have no jurisdiction. So if you were to make a complaint and your landlord lives in a different state, there's no recourse. What? That's crazy. Yeah, I actually found that out recently. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, hopefully, you know, a long way to go. And that's why really the world needs more more companies and startups such as both of ours, you know, to, to try to bring a little bit more transparency and more and with it, hopefully more accountability as well into to the real estate industry. I yeah. think that uh, dwell nicely. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say accountability is one of the, the main things that we're working towards um, and the other small businesses that we've teamed up with here in Australia. That's their vision, too. So, you know, that there are people working towards making it fairer. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. And I was I, th- that's exactly what I was going to say. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that Dwell is a startup focused on on pro- really providing multiple solutions because it's, it's not just an app or a website. You're trying to fix a lot of problems at once. And I'm very interested to see how the company will evolve, you know, in one, five, ten years. Um, it sounds really, really cool what you're doing. So, yeah, everyone, this is Eleanor Meirelles from Sydney, Australia, co-founder of Dwell Nicely. If you want any more information from Eleanor or her company, I'm going to provide all the details in the description of the podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Um, Remember to share this episode with your friends, with everyone on social media. We really benefit from that. I feel like we need to push honest businesses as much as we can if we really want to make a difference wherever you're living, be that as it may, Australia or the US. It doesn't matter. Right, we're all working to to make a better world here. So hopefully we can get there. Eleanor, thank you so much for being here with us today. I feel like this conversation was really productive, and I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks, Rodolfo. I really enjoyed being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Have a good one, everyone. Bye bye. 